Are you Mandalorian? I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy. Like my father before me. Three men and a baby Yoda podcast. Matthew, Dylan, Callan. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this 22nd episode of the Three Men and a Baby Yoda podcast. We are down a man tonight, but like the coaching legend Alistair Clarkson says, soldier out and soldier in. And we have a very special third man and guest. But joining me as usual tonight is my Uber Star Wars buddy and Manly Sea Eagles fan, Dylan Shkalis. How are you, buddy? I am very good. Coming off a mad win, so very, very stoked. But uh, and even better news to hear that Tommy's going to be all right. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, muffled reports on that. Well, finally, we got the right man to be asking. Uh, we we did mention before that we are a man down tonight, but in true sports fashion, we have a super sub, a man currently locked in a hotel room with probably nothing better to do, fresh from reporting <laughs> on the Olympics for Fox and Sky Sports. My good buddy, once upon a time AFL teammate, Pokemon Go fellow hunter, Star Wars and Marvel fan, a Mr. Drew, don't call me Andrew, Jones. Welcome, friend. (laughs) G'day, Matt, Dylan. Great to be with you. Hey, um, just right off the bat here, Matty, I want to hear some gusto in that intro. Like when you kid, like I want you to hit it hard. I'm on a very strict volume control limit, okay? Like, I, I used to have, like, good evening, everybody. But now, like, I'm, I've got a decibel hard limiter because I have a baby sleeping in the other room. So, uh, if you want, I will re-record that tomorrow morning with gusto. Matt, I know for a fact you live in a beautiful, beautiful home, beautiful part of Sydney. You can surely afford the add-on of, like, the time of the, you know, the – what do you? What do I call it here? Like a sound deadening, and like a sound booth. Yes, I do, but I, 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 I have very limited space. In fact, <laughs> let me just uh, let me just show you this. Like I was about to say, whip out the sound I've got booth. That, speaking but it's of, very small. <laughs> and uh, yes, well, I'm I'm under very uh, very strict rules from podcasting. If I wake the baby, I don't get to podcast next week. So uh, you just have to work with this, Drew. Okay, fair enough. That's a, that's that's a good enough explanation for me. So tell me, Drew, what's what's life like for you in the hotel quarantine? We're all in lockdown, but uh, give us a lot, give us a snippet of your day. Yeah, so slept in, and I have done each morning. I haven't slept past eight o'clock for about three years, uh, but it's been pretty regular, sort of nine o'clock. Um, you don't get breakfast delivered; you get given cereal and yogurt and fruit at the start. So each day you make your own breakfast. I wake up, order a coffee, which is like six dollars. You know, like a a two shot latte. Six dollars. <laughs> yeah. What? It's like good old Perth prices. Oh, so it's like a throwback. That's uh, Optus Stadium prices. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, mining boom prices. And uh, yeah, basically find something to stream or if there's sport on, just chuck the telly on and wait for lunch to get delivered and you just live in meal to meal really like that's mm. your whole day is based around your meal getting delivered <laughs> they um they ring the doorbell you got to walk out with your mask on grab it and just go back inside and, and what day are we on this is day seven so I, I was a little bit unfortunate in that i arrived in melbourne 
like at exactly midnight. Ugh. So oh. I so I got into the hotel, you know, twelve thirty, one o'clock or whatever, and that's day zero. So day zero was twenty four hours. So I actually have to do an extra day of essentially of quarantine. Um, nice. So not ideal, and I wasn't allowed on my first flight out of Tokyo um, due to the fact that I lost a COVID test. So that also set me back another twenty four hours. So um, wait, wait, wait. Go back. They lost a COVID test. Yeah. So as part of um, covering the Olympics and sort of being allowed to be in Tokyo, you had to submit uh, a spit test every three days. <laughs> right. Uh, um, where essentially you would, I mean, as it sounds, you spit, spit into a little, cup. yeah, into a little like test tube and you seal it up, hand it over. Uh, and then they they post the results and you, your COVID officer can like access the results and make sure that you, you know, everything's fine. But I, I did three, I think, in the lead up to leaving and none of them came through. And we did the mm. extra tests to make sure there won't be any problems. But when I arrived, they checked online, they couldn't find the tests and um, they wheeled my baggage back out to me and broke oh, the bad news. Like <laughs> yeah, broke the bad news that I uh, I couldn't Go home. get home that day. Um so luckily my boss was able to organize a flight the next day uh, and it was actually direct to Melbourne. I was going to have to stop over in Singapore for seven hours. So I got a quicker flight back, which was good, um, but an extra day in Tokyo sort of stressing. So are you are you mm. in Melbourne or Adelaide? Because last time we spoke, you, you were going to be quarantined in Adelaide. So. Yeah, if I had have got on that first flight, I would have been in Adelaide. Okay. But the, the rebooked flight took me to Melbourne. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm settling in. So – now, obviously, this is a an audio medium, not a visual one, but if I flipped around my camera, you'd be able to see. It's a very small room. Um, I've actually dismantled my bed and I'm now sleeping with the mattress on the floor so I can then pick up the mattress, put it against the wall, and then that, allows, a bit more space. that allows me to work out and, and sort of have a bit of space because I was sort of banging into the bed walking around. Oh, wow. Um, it's one of those hotel rooms I mean, it, where it's like three-quarters bed and then like – Side table and – so what hotel? Yeah, it's the, the Novotel Ibis. And the staff have been fantastic. It's It's been great. But, um, yeah, but it's nothing they can do about the fact that I've got a, a small room. I also have about six bags of luggage because uh, you take over your camera, tripod, all that sort of stuff. I've got all the broadcast gear. And so trying to fit that all in the room as well. I've got the tripod in the shower. And the lights, <laughs> the light stands in the toilet. Man, I don't want to know what you're doing with the tripod. Yeah. You keep that to yourself. He's chatting with the tripod in the shower because he's got no one to talk to. Did you not say to them, "Do you know who I am?" They, they said, "Yes, we do." No, I, I didn't try that one. They said, "I oh, know you work for you work for Rupert Murdoch, so we put you in a smaller room." <laughs> oh man, that's a worry, isn't it? So tell how do you how do you find uh, Japan? You've been there before. That was my first time. Yes, mm. Tokyo, beautiful city. Um, mm. Getting, I got to see a lot of it sitting on a bus yeah. um, because we were very limited the first two weeks inside the bubble. Could basically only get around in in a bus or in approved taxis. Right, um, makes sense. And only allowed to go to approved Olympic events and uh, arenas. So. Got to look at it, you know, through a window for a while. Uh, and then the last few mm. days we were there, we were able to go out. So I uh, went to a couple of restaurants, did karaoke on the last night. Um, oh, that would have been went mad. To, yeah, went to the Golden Guy, which is in Shinjuku, 
where you can go in these back streets and the bars are only big enough to have three or four people inside, but there's about 150 of them in this small little area. So you just kind of walk around and you like knock on a door and open it and go, is there any room? And you might oh, see wow. like a few people in there. Um, so we went to a place that had a snake um, <laughs> and, you know, like a pet snake. Um, one was just literally like someone's uh, sort of living room and we'd go through all the beers and he would be like, all right, guys, we'll be back in three minutes. And he would go to the, mini, to get more. He'd go to the mini mart and buy like <laughs> 10 things of Asahi and come back. Meanwhile, we've like grabbed the whiskey from behind the bar and have been like drinking that while he's gone. But um, oh, wow, yeah, it was great, great to be a part of. The Olympics were fantastic. It was really well run. People in Japan are just so helpful. They're so nice. Um, so it made it really easy for us to get around and to do our jobs. So we'd love to go back. Um, that was my next question. We yeah. can go back. Oh, I'd love to absolutely. I did find time in the couple of days where I was free to go to a a Pokemon card trading store. Ooh. Oh, wow. And yeah, must, they're big there. Must have been like two or 3,000 cards at least. Like a couple of times I asked, oh, do you have this card? And he was like, I don't know. Like I've got so many. <laughs> yeah, I've got so many cards. Um, so I, I bought Maddie a couple of cards from there. The mint condition ones as well, not just the ones out of the out of the rack. Does um, Matt know, or have you just broken the news? No, to I, told, I did tell Matt. Oh, I okay. got a few little messages uh, from Japan uh, from the WhatsApp though. He's like, oh. so I was I was texting him, and um, he's like, oh, I'm not, I can't download him. Messages get, get me on the WhatsApp. Probably under some <laughs> special Japanese <laughs> Wi-Fi restrictions. And uh, yeah, I mean, what was the highlight of the trip in in in, Japan, in the Olympics that you saw? As far as sport goes, yeah. I think the highlight was Jess Fox gold medal in the canoe slalom. Mm -hmm. uh, we were there for the K one where she got the bronze. She got the penalty right mm -hmm. at the end to slip down to third. So to see her win gold a couple of days later, that was really cool. She was possessed um, that day. I was watching that, but it was like four fifty or something on a on a Aussie time, and uh, she looked very determined. Well, she was just faultless that day in the semi final. No mistakes. Was she was the fastest, and then blitzed the gold. So that was awesome. And to be honest, the canoe slalom. If there was crowds there, that would be a sensational event to be at because it just feels like you're at a water park. Mm. Like it takes you back to your junior days. Uh, sorry, your, your younger days going to um, you know Waterbomb Park in Bali or whatever. But then you've got music and the sun's out, like with a few beers and um, a few mates. It'd be a great event. Well, it, it must have been very weird, like with this whole no crowds and you know, it's just it just felt you know. I mean, we watched last night the the derby, um, and seeing sixty thousand people in Perth just going bananas. Like having Olympics without crowds is just it's just weird. And you know, I, I think some of these athletes they need the crowd to sort of get that extra one percent or something. So I don't know. You tell me what was the atmosphere like there? I mean. Pretty eerie, I think. Yeah, I think I noticed it most uh, at the Matildas v Sweden semi final. The Yokohama International Stadium is quite far away out of Tokyo, um, but I had a night off, and I just thought this is the first time we've had a you know an Australian football team really pushing for a medal at an Olympic Games, so I wanted to go out there and watch it. And there was just no one there. And it's a mm. massive stadium. It's like an 80,000-seat stadium. And there must have been 
40 people like in the stadium. And so, um, and how many of them are staff? Yeah, mostly, mostly staff. Mm -hmm. And they were, and there there was a few staff who looked to me like they had finished their shift but had hung around to watch the game or whatever. But you know, I'm clapping. And it's just echoing around the stadium. <laughs> There's a Swedish person sitting behind me and like they were getting up and yelling and you could just hear it just bouncing around. Oh, so wow. when the Matildas walked out that night, um, the subs were already in the technical area before the, the, the starting 11 walked out and the subs were just like going nuts, like jumping up and down, cheering, clapping, like welcoming the team onto the field. And that was awesome. Like it was cool that they did that, but it, it was just – it, that brought into perspective that it's like this is like maybe the biggest game in some of their careers, and there's literally no one here, mm. not a salt. So it was it was strange. Shame. Mm. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Well, I hear oh. that there's a a bit of news on the horizon. Matt Matt wants to. Uh, Matt, how about how, how about you introduce our next uh, segment? If there's nothing else to finish that. Well, the Pokemon Go story. Yeah, so I hear about this little muck story all the time. Well, leading up to this, all Matt's like, you have to ask him about the muck story. Okay, well, what um, what game of footy were we at before? Um, I, was it wasn't West Coast Hawthorne, was it? I, think, oh, I don't know, because, I mean, the, the memory came by two days ago. It's been five years since we were, you know, it was with Pokemon Go Prime when there was we were about as close to world peace as humanly possible. <laughs> um <laughs> I think, I think we actually saw um, the Bulldogs in the West Coast the day before that, and then this was like Hawthorne and someone else. Just we were just making, oh uh, yeah, we yeah, were making yeah, good yeah. use of all the my AFL membership, and uh, and then uh, we're just walking around the ten, and and the Pokemon radar went off. And um, well, okay, well, let's start at the start here. For, yeah, for, for those of you who don't know Matt that well, going to a game of footy with Matt Mole is a is a great experience because you get the um, the coaching from the sidelines. So, like <laughs> jo- Josh Gibson's got the ball in the back pocket, plays on from fullback, goes short to Grant Birchall, who handballs off to Isaac Smith, and then Matt stands up and he's like, "Jeray, Jeray's here on the wing, this way, this way." <laughs> Isaac Smith hits up Jaray. He goes back. Now, now inside, use that guy in the square. Oh, I'm actually yeah, like I'm actually standing up. Billy co- Blue Tongue. Oh, I can imagine. Co- I can Billy imagine Blue Tongue. Coordinating. <laughs> yes, Cobbler. And so, um, yeah. And then if your if your team happens to be playing against Hawthorne um, and Hawthorne are winning, then it's a, it can be tough. It can be tough for you. He gives you like the slap on the leg, or he bumps you like when Hawthorne kick a goal, like Matt. You beat us in the grand final last year. You're beating us right now by 10 goals. Like, can you just let me sit here without reminding me? Matt, Matt doesn't know his own strength, but I, def- I definitely know that from first-hand experience as well. Trust me. So, uh, yeah, post-game, if that was, in fact, a, a Hawthorne game against a team other than West Coast, then we probably had a, a fairly enjoyable experience. I'm sure the Hawks won. And the MCG is not far from the Botanical Gardens in Melbourne where there's a lot of Pokemon available. <laughs> and I think Matt had his little – he had the radar out on his phone and he was looking at what was there and he said, mate, there's a muck. You know, like we've got – and it's going to be there for 22 minutes. So so we like power walked slash jogged for like about 15 <laughs> minutes to try and get there and then by the end we're running. 
<laughs> Ooh, I, we both got it, it was more like 11 minutes and it was about four kilometers away or something right, and it was like so right in the right by the duck pond in the middle right and mm. you know i don't know if you know about the the, the the physical proportions of our bodies but drew is sort of built for speed and i am not um <laughs> and so drew got there with about a minute and a half to spare. Got it. And I'm like- Oh, she left him in the dust, dude. And I get, I get there with about 10 seconds to go. Like my shirt is now dripping from like head to toe and I catch it. And then I sort of hyperventilate for about 30 seconds. And then we take a photo and high five. And then we, and then we posted it on Facebook. And then- uh, Now, here's a question for you. Did we then go from there to the pub? We did. And see Nick Natanui kick a goal in the last second for West Coast against GWS. Is that the same day? That was the same day. <laughs> and uh, what a day. That was a good day. And then as I was walking home to um to my brother's place in Russell Street, I caught a mm. Porygon that was like so <laughs> rare at the time. And um and that was a very good trip to Melbourne. <laughs> Amazing. Mm. We well, walked past, walk past Whiskey Palace, no doubt. I think on Russell Street. I think so. I think so. So is your hotel the Ibis, the one around the corner from the from Russell Street? Is it that Ibis, the one on near the? Ugh. It's on little. It's on little Lonsdale Street. So if that, I don't know if that answers your question. I think, I think I stayed there with a mate for Melbourne Cup, and it was. Um, they don't have room service. You have to at, the, at that Ibis. You have to actually. They have a five dollar pizza that you have to pick up from reception, but I don't think you have that option. So. Uh, <laughs> We, we we actually joke no, about in that. Fact, I, I got was, a I got a I got a warning for wearing my mask, not wearing it properly when I when I got a meal. They watched me like pick it up. It? I, well, I just I just chucked it on and it wasn't covering my nose. And I'm normally like a big stickler. I'm a big stickler for that. Oh, Drew, mate, it's hard oh, when you got a big face. I mean, I've I've got this you know Boba Fett mask, and I'm always putting it on, and like you know, I cover the bottom here, but then the the nose always <laughs> sticks out a little bit, so it's hard. And like I've, I've got a big nose, I've got a so. beak as well. So um, I think well, I think we all suffer from big beak syndrome with that thing. So you know, we're doing the best we can, but uh, you know, we're not breaching like Drew. Um, <laughs> I've had 15 COVID tests in the last 21 days. Oh I've tested negative every time. How, how, how is like the back of your eye feeling after like, you know, every test? Like, I mean, I've had one and I, I still remember how annoying and uncomfortable it was. Or mm-hmm. have they, have tests improved since my last one? Yeah, so they don't go as far up your nose now. Oh, really? They don't like yank on the back of your eyeballs anymore? No, <laughs> they don't. That doesn't go into your brain. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a little bit better. It just tickles a little bit now. It's not as deep. It doesn't give you that jarring, eye-watering one side. You jerk your head back and give yourself whiplash. Uh, good times. Mm. Well, um, on, I, I hear that you're well, speaking of this now Pokemon and then AFL. So a big, what's your favourite sport? I'm going to guess it's AFL, right? Well, it might be cricket, actually. Well, my whole mm. life it's been cricket. Yeah. Mm. If uh, when when I was younger, when I thought about what I would want to cover if I was a sports journalist, like the dream was always, I'd love to go to and cover the Ashes in England. You know, yeah, right. um, I've always played cricket, and I played footy from you know eight, seven or eight years old. But I was probably always better at cricket, so that probably helps you develop a, a better affinity to it. Yeah. Um, 
but really just through career opportunities, it's just been AFL. Like, because I'm mm-hmm. first, I moved to Sydney, and naturally in that office, less people um, were going to cover AFL. Most being from New South Wales, so I was always going to lean towards covering Aussie rules initially, and and then the opportunity came to move to Melbourne, and then really that's all you can do in Melbourne outside of the tennis for two weeks, the Formula One, and a bit of spring carnival. It's just wow. AFL for the rest of the time. So, um, but obviously I was a footy head, you know. Anyway, but um, cricket probably if I had to pick one sport to watch and for the rest of my life, I'd probably go cricket. Well, Ooh, okay. well I mean, just to just give you an example of the benchmark of Drew's cricket skills to AFL skills, he was placed in the same AFL team and training lot as me. So, you know, <laughs> we, 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 we were Division C or Div 4. Yeah, D four sounds D4. right. Yeah. That's right. And my my, my out of out of what those five, um, but the fifth didn't have a team. Like, it was sort of like a ragtag bunch of retards that just got beaten by a hundred points every every weekend. And um, <laughs> I remember- well, I think we finished the season eight and eight. Really? Yeah, I think it's not so. terrible. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember playing a starring role in many matches. Um, well, I was, I was going to say I hear that the um, our man down today he was probably the star player. Am I right in saying that, Cal? Cal, you mean Drew? You mean no, no, no. What, you, I thought you said earlier oh, today. Callan, yes, Callan was actually in the in the threes and the and the and the first. He's actually uh, the most talented footballer oh, of, of us all. He's not here tonight. He's uh, sadly taken ill with uh, children. The sniffles. He's got the hay fever, and he's got um, <laughs> children children that are just being. Um, Fuckheads, as he put them, um, they're, they're two and four, so uh, they're a lot harder to manage, and uh, they they are usually the reason for his absences. Whereas my kid on the baby cam is sitting there nice and quietly, although when he sort of like does one of those twitches, I get a bit nervous and just drop an octave. Well, the the famous story from Matt and I with footy is that in the first ever practice game that I played. Um, I wasn't aware of anyone's abilities outside of my own. <laughs> and I, a couple of times I had the ball and I was looking because Maddie was playing full forward. I just I was looking him straight in the eye, just being like, lead. And, I'll, and I was yeah. like, lead and I'll yeah. get to you. And he would sort of like run a few steps and then stop. And I was like, like if you just if he just runs, I'll kick it to it. Because that's just my natural what? instinct is to keep to the, the biggest bloke in the forward line. So, anyway, so he came off, I think, a quarter time and I was like, Matty, you got to hit those leads, mate. Like, really, like, go hard. I'll keep to you. And Matt's like, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I've played two young in my life. <laughs> he's just he's just out here for a smaller wave. No, you see, what happened was, like, I've watched AFL my whole life, loved it, never got to play it, and then – I was just playing with a mate, tennis, and he's like, oh, I, I have to go to footy training now. I'm like, he's like, it was like around the corner, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just come because I've, I've built my confidence kicking a football at, at halftime on concrete <laughs> with Nick McIver. And um, and so I was like, all right, I'll give it a go. And, yeah, leading wasn't my specialty. I, I, I thought you just the ball just comes to you. And, and um, <laughs> you know, I was just there. I, all I wanted to do was keep one goal and, and I'd be happy, which I did on my first game. So, um, yeah, that's the, uh, the, the, the basis of my AFL career, which was uh, pretty short, but uh, made some good friends, Drew especially, and uh, 
No, it's just good to be part of that team environment. I, I've never, I've been playing tennis my whole life, so uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, tennis. Very lonely sport, tennis. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. but no, no the, the footy was good, and uh, yeah, it led me to to Drew and other mates, and some of my best mates to this day are from that footy club, like Simon. So, uh, oh, you played at AFL with Simon as well. Yeah. So uh, okay. no, no, that's uh, that little chapter of my life is sort of we use that to sort of offset the dork, and that's the you know the main reason for this channel. I mean, Drew's inner dork is uh, pretty pretty substantial. It's pretty strong, pretty strong. Yeah. But like you know, we offset it. You know, we're not like playing Dungeons and Dragons every Friday, Saturday night in our basements. We're watching footy, talking to women. Yeah, we're a very balanced person, you know. I'm probably more in the, the door column than you are, but... Uh, <laughs> As you see, so with his Star Wars jumper and you wouldn't happen to have your uh, lightsaber nearby, no, Luke's saber. It's over there on the, yeah, on okay, the, on the you display. Put back. You put it back. Uh, what well, about the we, old... Can, uh, we talk, can we talk some Star Wars here? Is it, isn't, yeah. what this, isn't what this podcast all about? Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Drew, Drew's getting impatient now. He's just starting to take over the podcast. He's, he's now the host. So I talk about sports every day. Get, move on. <laughs> now, do, do you want my Star Wars origin story? Please. Yes, I was going to ask. And it's, to be honest, it's almost a little embarrassing. It certainly is for my dad. So... <laughs> Where are we so, going with this? So, Bill Jones <laughs> obviously um, had seen Star Wars... Uh, being born in 1948, like dad's the dad's the definition of a baby boomer. Like 29 my years grandpa, old. Yeah, my grandpa got back from the Second World War, back to his job as a carpenter. Married, you know, my nan who was working at the local supermarket. Bang, kids, you know, like straight away. Mm. So um, anyway, he bought the three pack VHS, you know, the gold one yep. with Darth yep. Vader on it, and. Seriously, I was that bloody excited. And uh, anyway, so we all set it all up. Dad made like um, almost like a theatre in the living room, put the pillows on the floor, there's popcorn. And, you know, Dad's Dad's running the show. Inexplicably, we watch the third movie first. What? Like to this day... He can't explain it, like I've asked, and he can't explain why it happened. How old were you, by the way? Seven or eight, maybe. Okay. This is, this is, so, this is good parenting. I, I'm, I didn't get into 15. I had to go by myself. Mm. So, but I don't think I've ever heard of anyone starting at three. Mm. And, and it's a unique story, and but it's just a little bit strange. So, hmm. yeah, and I distinctly remember, like, seeing the scene where Luke, like, you know, burns Darth Vader and the suit and stuff and just being like, I don't feel like we should have watched this first. <laughs> you know, not, not, not wanting to, you know, at that stage I was like, my dad is like, you know, my life. I look up to him. I respect every decision that he makes. But I, I certainly question that in that moment. Um, Did he just put the wrong, chest the wrong one in? or I, He doesn't know. Maybe dad's a bit quirky. Maybe he just felt like he didn't want to follow convention and we just watch it in any order. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, that's the that's the initial memory of Star Wars and I must, I, I've watched those first three a lot, mm. like over and over. Uh, I used to, in the school holidays, I would like steal that VHS box set and take it into my room 
and I had like a really small TV and like the massive VCR because it needed to be so big <laughs> to function. Mm, yep. Um, yeah. So I think that Empire Strikes Back is one of the best movies period of all time. Mm-hmm. Not just the best Star Wars. And my oh, favourite like movie. Yeah, like movie, full stop. Mm. One of the best movies of all time. I, and my favourite. And my favourite scene is the Hoth scene with the big, excuse my uh, stupidity here, but the big walkie things. AT-ATs. All-terrain yeah. armoured transports, yes. <laughs> yeah. But um, Luke, just freaking genius with the X-Wing. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my favourite scene. There's my origin story for you. And then um, I took, I reckon, I mean, how many people listen to this podcast? I took three or four girls on dates to watch the first new one, like The Force Awakens. Yeah. So I saw that I saw that in the movies a lot and pretended that I, it was the first time a couple of times. <laughs> I, I, I did that too, actually. I, I, I had, um, I weaseled a date out of a chick. Um she was like, oh, I, like, I love Star Wars. I'm like, oh, I have tickets to the Friday session for Force Awakens. Would you like to go with me? She's like, sure. I'm like, great. And then I, I, I didn't tell her that I saw it at midnight on Wednesday, like two days earlier with Brinkat. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I, I had to pretend like when Han Solo died, spoiler alert, um, I was like, whoa, whoa, you know. And This is groundbreaking. Oh, this is new information. So... Uh, <laughs> But tell us about, I mean, how old are you now, Drew? 32? 30. 30. 30. So you would have been 14, 13 years old when the prequels came out, episode one? Yeah. Yeah. So one of my best mates is a Star Wars nut. Like to see you guys go head to head in a, in a Star Wars quiz would be amazing. Well, not for him. He um, would lose. Um <laughs> Trust me. We'll have to, we'll have to sort that we'll out. Have to something Trust, out. Me. Yeah. Trust me. Trust me. Matt loves his trivia. I, I have been in these quizzes before, and like, it comes down to like name the sh- the ship model of the Millennium Falcon, thinking he's going to win. I'm like YT thirteen hundred. He's like, ah, oh, you win. So uh, I've been I've been in these been in these duels before. Mm. So I usually would go to. Um, he loves Jurassic Park as well. I'm more of a Jurassic Park than Star Wars, but I'm like 10 out of 10 Jurassic Park fan, you know, eight and a half out of 10 Star Wars, and he's probably, you know, flipped the other way. So we always go to the Jurassic Parks together and then the Star Wars together as well. Um, so I went to those prequels with him. Um, I bought him a Darth Maul figurine, mm-hmm. the one that had a magnet and he like, you, mm-hmm. could, you could pull him in half. Pull him in half, yeah. <laughs> Which was like pretty sadistic <laughs> for a children's toy. Um, yeah. I mean, wh- like, what do you guys think about those prequels? Like apart from the third one, which is obviously amazing, like do you lo- enjoy watching the first I'm two? I'm a big, like are we talking to, like you mean Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace? Yes. Yeah. I'm a big Attack of the Clones fan. Love that movie. Love it. So, so much gets explained in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like you really get your head around what is going on. Like it's yeah. important. Yeah, it is important. I think what just for you, me, man? just just for me on Attack of the Clones, like people have heard the story on the pod before. I, I would watch that literally every Saturday morning and it got to the point where I, would, I had seen it so much that I usually would just skip all the way up until they got to the, the droid factory. Watch from there onwards just every morning. Why not? It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, I never – 
I mean, I've always just loved Star Wars, no, no matter what. Like, you know, you can put Danny DeVito as Han Solo and I just, I just roll with it, you know. Um, <laughs> I can do no wrong. <laughs> and so, like, I never... I never picked up on any negativity, and this is, you know, the prequels were out. It was very limited internet, and um, you know, there was no Reddit, and there was no, none of that Twitter going on. So, you know, I was like Jar Jar Binks, yeah, he's cool. Um, but then as I got older, like this, some bad. of the dialogue in Episode Two, like the the, the romantic dialogue, is just it's yeah, just it's a Brent dismal. Um, yeah. It's so bad. And I, I, I do cringe now, but at the time I'm like, oh, that's how people talk to each other. Um, so, no, I mean, I've always universally just loved it. And, um, you know, the third one is just, I mean, you, you know, you, you sort of, because the beauty of the prequels, you sort of know where we're heading because we've got the original trilogy. But, um, yeah, they were incredibly special because, I mean, I only, I only, Picked up on Star Wars as like a fourteen-year-old from special edition, so I, I saw I saw Star Wars for the first time in the cinemas. So um, yeah, when I went home, my mate because my mate took me, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for two weeks for the Empire Strikes Back to come out. And he was just like, dude, that came <laughs> out. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, this is just a special edition. Like, you know, they added a few Jawas and Jubaks and stuff, but I, I had no idea. So I'm like, you mean I can watch the the, the next one today? It's like yes, if you go to Blockbuster, I was like, I was like, bye, <laughs> I'm out. And uh, you know, by that evening, I'd seen Return of the Jedi. So amazing. Mm. Yeah, I, I've the the older I've got, the more I've enjoyed the political parts of the story yeah. and those storylines. I found that more interesting. Um, just on the third one, um, that's the most emotional I get watching Star Wars. Like watching the Jedi's getting slain. Like I find mm. that really hard. And then especially the younglings, like that, it's just upsetting. Yeah, um, 100%. And it's funny when you talk to someone who's really passionate about Star Wars and they're invested in the story as you guys are and as one of my good mates, Ben, is, he said as sad as that is, like it, he loves it because it's, it's the formation story. Mm. Like that's how you get to Luke being such an important person. But I just can't – I can't take a step back and actually <laughs> – You can't see bigger picture. Yeah, I can't be big picture in those moments. Like, it's too emotional. Um, yes. And I just – I identify with the Jedi mantra, you know, absolutely. So, yeah, anyway, it's – I get emotional watching the third one to a point where now I, I, I consider, should I really watch it? <laughs> you just pause it once again, once Anakin turns out, all right, I know what happens. Um, and, that, and that's why, you know, now that you've got seven more days of quarantine in a hotel with unlimited food and endless time in the bizarro world where time stands still, we're going to tell you that, um, you know, basically the Bad Batch starts as Order 66 from the from the eyes of the clone troopers and sort of you see the, the early days of the Empire. So, yes, it's a cartoon and if you can sort of just make peace with the fact that you're a 30-year-old man watching cartoons, which- But know, they're not cartoons anymore. They're not. That's, they're like animated they're life more stories. Than a car- yeah. Quite literally, like the animation styling now that we have is incredible. Like there have been times where me and Matt have been watching an episode and it's like, wait, this is animated? Like it's it's actually insane. So if you can- if Highly, highly recommend putting the time in because it's a different kind of Star Wars experience. You got to do it. I right, watched the first Come episode back and tell tonight. Us. 
Oh, it's a good one. I'll commit tonight to watch it's it. A, so, it's a 50-minute episode. That's fine. I haven't been getting to sleep till late. Just not being able to leave the room, like you just cannot engage your mind and body to be tired mm. by the time you go to bed. It's, which well, is you're that's not using like, any energy unless yeah. you're doing your workouts, right? So, yeah. so what does the Mandalorian mean to to massive Star Wars fans such as yourselves? Because I'll just start quickly summarizing it for myself. To see Star Wars take that step into modern content um, and to reward us with some nostalgia but also give us something new, like that's just been a revelation for me and I hope that it continues for a long time. I'm sure it will. I think once you watch Bad Batch, you'll you'll see the way that they're – the storytelling for Star Wars is going. And I actually think, um, I don't know if you know the Rex and Around show or those guys, Drew. So a couple of guys, um, they were, I I resonated this morning when I was listening to their latest um, episode where they, you know, they're talking about this new storytelling with Disney Plus and the platform where they can take Star Wars. And it's a lot more of a, Things may seem like they're a bit of a slow burn, but you can almost step, like you said before, step back, look at the bigger picture and see what they're trying to do. It's not, no more about, you know, let's throw in a bunch of Jedi and, and just, you know, please these Star Wars fans with a bunch of fan services, much, much more than that. There, there is really, really deep storytelling. So, Wow, I mean, I'm impressed. That Dylan is talking about a podcast that I have not seen yet. So this is this is Ooh. this is a podcast first. I'm I'm sort of now having massive FOMO <laughs> now. But uh, and and the good buddies at, at Rex and Around they're going to join us on the podcast very very soon. They're 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 great listening. I'm sure you'll uh, fill your day with some of that too, Drew. Afterwards, but I mean, for me, Mandalorian was you know really special because you know. There was you know, there were talk for years that George wanted to do a Star Wars TV show. There was that Star Wars thirteen thirteen, like a bounty hunter style TV show. He, he just couldn't get it off the ground. Like he couldn't get that creative vision doing happening. And you know, with this launch of Disney Plus, and you, you just didn't know what you're going to get. I mean, we just come off Game of Thrones ending, and there was talk that this is a hundred million dollar show, same budget as, as like the final seasons of Game of Thrones, and. How was it going to work? And, you know, it just, they really landed it so well. I mean, when I look back now, I mean, it's not, you know, groundbreaking storylines, but it was setting a platform that's universally accepted. I mean, the amount of people that I speak to about The Mandalorian, like, they just, they can just turn it on, watch it, enjoy it, and pick up. They don't go, oh, you know, I don't, I have to watch the movies five times. I need to read the comic books. They can just go, you know what? I get it. It's great, and I can't wait for the next one. Even Simon and Rachel were watching it, and Simon has always been a Star Wars detractor, and he came to every one of my um, Mandalorian parties last year. So, um, you know, to, to, to see the fans embrace it, I mean, even, you know, people are just like, oh, did you see that Mandalorian? I'm like, of course I saw that Mandalorian. I saw it the minute it came, literally the <laughs> refresh to the second a 501 comes along. We'd be sitting there, we'd be sitting there like, is it out yet? No, it's, it's 504. What, what's going on? Yeah, I could sense that there was an impatience with Matt when he would text me about the Mandalorian. I'm like, mate, I always watch it on Monday night. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's so it, annoying. Like, I, I need to talk also, about it. I was going to say it's not only like the show itself, right? It was like what we did, Matt. It was the memories that 
you know, between us, it was a bunch of friends, but it was also, you know, people like Turbo and whatever. They'd sit down with their family and that was like their their TV to watch at the end of the week to bring everyone together during a time that was pretty shitty that we're in back that we're back in now so mm, it's amazing how like you know because last year basically the whole hollywood industry sort of took a step back there was nothing because the, the world was just completely ravaged by covid so for the mandalorian to sort of get eight episodes into the can edited and out i mean that run from oh, um when was it? it was september to december was just you know insanely amazing and that season two was just i was blown away with how like season one was good and you know i go back and watch and i really really enjoy it but season two was just phenomenally awesome i mean there was a lot of fan servers but the the storyline works so well like it's not just i will throw in this person here and that'll that that'll appease that person or that fan's gonna love that it's 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 Mm. progressive storylines and they've sort of built you know three new shows that are coming off the back of that into the mando first and you know that luke skywalker scene at the end tell me uh drew how did that uh how did that hit you oh right in the feels yeah big time but also just excitement Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean i was about to sort of pivot to this because i'm not a massive consumer of what i would call like super uber modern content where you get like those fan reaction videos and and that sort yeah. of stuff like you know that that sort of online platform you know i, I watch a shitload of sport and and uh, and you know tv shows like cobra kai and you know the mandalorian but mm. i'm not i'm not going to that next level of engagement mm. but the video that um mark hamill retweeted of it was like all the fan reactions the fan, put together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that got me teary. Like, you know, like that that got me emotional seeing that because of how much that meant to Star Wars fans to like to just entertain the idea that he's back and, and the possibilities that that, I guess, creates about what could they could do in the future with the – what the technology they've used to to have him. I'm getting, I'm the, getting the uh, the goosebumps just yeah, thinking was, about that video because we, we got friends that were in that video. Um, you know, Rex and around and Corey and all them were on there and Araj and and people. It was it wasn't just the reaction. It was the fact that people were going ape shit, ape shit crazy, yeah. and like we all sort of sensed that. Like you know. Even in the me and Dylan did a pre-show for Steel Saunders, and you know I brought out my green lightsaber, and he's like, "What? What? What do we want more than anything?" I was like, "Look, fucking Skywalker!" We, we all thought it was coming, <laughs> like because it was a Jedi's coming. Like it, it, it was all leading to that, but you just didn't know if they were going to do that. Like if they had the balls to bring him back, and then who was it going to be, and how was it going to be, and, and how are they going to do it without affecting his sort of like legacy, and and oh, you know. I always say that you know. I mean, I got married last year. I got, I got. Oh pregnant. no! Here we go. And oh then, no! Uh, I, I still think that 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 Luke Skywalker moment was like the best thing that happened in twenty twenty. <laughs> and my wife hates it when I say it. So she said that to me the other day, and I could not believe I was like, what best I had. Pop had culture had moment of the year. But it was that's like, the sort of thing that you just think that you probably don't say. True. True. But. Oh, we're in a safe space. We're in a safe space. So we're good. Um, <laughs> but no, that, that moment was just, you know, eight days before Christmas. That was Christmas come early. And, you know, I, 
I spent, I was like, because we, I had Dylan, Simon, Rachel, Vince, Tara, and Scotty yeah. here, and we're all watching. And I was like catatonic, like I was like could not physically string a sentence together for about five minutes. And then I was like looking. And then I was trying to like start a conversation and I couldn't even do that. I was just, and they're like, are you okay? I'm like, and I was just, and like Scott's like holding back tears and even Simon's just like, okay, I, I liked it, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm quite where you guys are, but it was just. But it was to the point where like, as it was happening or like, as it was leading up to it, you know, when she's talking about the, the X-Wing, um, X-wing and everything. And I'm like to Matt, Matt, it's, 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 it's Luke and, he, he just couldn't believe it for half a second and then it kind of clicked in his head. His hands immediately went, went over his face I was like, and he's just like- <gasps> I was like, I think my mind is about to melt. He's about to, yeah. That. And I was like, like this for, for 10 minutes and I was just like- Just- Balling your eyes out. and just completely losing <laughs> out of my ears. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how that show hit me pretty well. Well the, well, the boomers were making my mind melt a little bit. Um, when they were beating the US by 15 points in the second quarter and in that semi-final, mm. it's 41 to 26. Um, Dante Exum had thrown up the the alley oop to Jock Landau, which he threw down, and uh, Pop calls a timeout for the USA. And I got up and I'm just like, my hands were like shaking, and I'm just like, we're gonna do this. We're gonna win the fucking gold medal, you know? Like, um, but yeah, it's. That sort of probably probably not the same emotional investment I can admit, Matt, um, as you have in Luke, but I can definitely relate to having those those weird moments that where everything kind of takes over and you shut down. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, it depends on how emotionally invested your stuff. You know, like I mean, you know, that Luke moment definitely like grand final siren. You know, on that same there was just utter euphoria. But um, you know, I was watching that game too, and I was like, it looked really good, and then. Nothing. There's nothing worse than the, a bipolar sporting event where you, where you get carried away and your head takes you to places that you can only dream of, and then it gets <laughs> snuffed, and it's just utter shit. England versus Italy. Oh. <laughs> and uh, England, e- English people are just, but they're they're just made to be tormented. Like yeah. they just they got that resilience. Like, but they're still they're still filthy. I I thought it was coming home. I really did. <laughs> but Drew's not much. Yeah, we'll think about we'll think about Collingwood fans in 2018. Think about they were just Drew, you know they thought they had two hands on the cup at five goals to zero. Yes, uh, you uh, things, things get snatched away. Things Drew had a very very good day that day. He's a, a West Coast fan, and yeah, I thought after Jaden Stevenson kicked that goal on the run, five goals, I was like, you are cooked. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, what, I, I remember watching that, and that was just. It was just painful. It was just like a car crash. That you, you, it, it, oh, I remember that day. I mean, yeah, it was just mental. And for you, Drew, were you crying that day? Did you? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I was getting a bit teary. Like the, it's a bit of a blur. Like I remember just knowing there was a clearing kick outside of um, the fifty, and Shuey, I think, and a couple of others are contesting the ball half forward, and then you just knew there was like ten seconds left. Like this is over. And and we're a lot of West Coast fans around where we were because we got them through a members ballot, and we're all just like you know shouting and jumping up and down, and you just lose it, like your mind just like starts to bend. Mm. So, no, great moments you'll never forget. 
No, 2018. Um, yeah. No, no, I'm very happy. You had it three years in a row, mate. I did, so. I did. I'm very happy that, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't need to win every year. I mean, I, I was very happy for my years. And then, you know, right now my team's not winning and every week on the podcast is not me like Dylan had a win. Callan had a win and my team as usual loses. So to see three three in a row has been pretty good. But quite sadly, and this is how much my club has fallen. I because I, I'm a Hawthorne member and you know, I got the email the other day and it says, We've gone back to back wins. I'm like, we used to go back to back premierships. Don't this is, this is, this is embarrassing. Like the fact that we've gone, we've gone back to back. I'm like, this is no cause for celebration. But uh it does show you how far we've fallen from the tree and uh yeah. But uh, tell me about, you know, let's go into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because, you know, you sort of got that modern day content. I mean, I know that you and uh, your partner went through a 21 movie bonanza. You went from start to finish over, what, five months? Yeah, well, it was during lockdown, so we're in and out of lockdowns mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, we, we got through them pretty quickly. Um and, I, like, I probably was almost a little bit of a sceptic early. Mm-hmm. Like, the first bit of the th- first Thor, I was a bit like, oh, what is this? Bit, mm. How's your father? Because um, I remember you were texting but, me on, that cap is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of cap, yeah. And cap with beard is, like, that's as good as it gets. Yeah, it's it's good. Um but I, I actually really like. I also like the sort of the periphery characters as well. Like I, I quite enjoy Doctor Strange. Oh Black, yeah, Black Panther obviously was a was massive because it was a great movie, but also you know for a whole movement, a different reason. Yep. Yeah. Um, Not to mention how he was, um, how he was feeling as well. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it takes on a whole new meaning um, these days. So. Yeah, and I just grew to to love it over that period, and then we've gone through again subsequently, and basically done the full circle over again. So, yeah, I've I've really invested now in into the Marvel universe, and I just think everything that they've done for probably the last four or five years has just been so slick. Like it's a it's so well executed. It's brilliant. Yeah. It truly yeah. is, it, and it's almost too slick like yeah is, is sometimes you'll be sitting there and thinking how far ahead are they actually thinking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you don't get there's nothing that's rough around the edges or has like this weird quirkiness to it it's just all interwoven like, and connected pre- perfectly it's, it's precision mm. and as and it's yeah, great yeah yeah i was gonna say uh Matt, you missed out on this as well as michael and greg said on the rex and around show today it's like you have two pieces of fabric you got the stitching down the middle and Marvel all along the way, the blanket was just sewn up every step of the way. It's just pieced together piece by piece. Dylan, I've never been prouder, mate. You are absolutely <laughs> killing it tonight. And uh, I'm actually getting these flashbacks because I remember now that what, when The Last Jedi came out and I'd seen it like eight times in Sydney and I, I, I couldn't get anyone else to go with me. So I flew down to Melbourne for football, but then I was like, hey, hey, Drewy. Want to go see the last Jedi? He's like, yeah, sure. Let's go. Let's let's make the make it a weekend. <laughs> and I was like, that's. And I was like, I need to take a photo. And I'll be like, that's 
nine. And you're like, oh, shit. That's disgusting. <laughs> and then um, when I said, oh, Drew, I'm coming to Melbourne. Let's, let's, uh, let's watch the footy. Yep. Yeah, you want to go see Endgame? And I'm like, sure. And then he picks me up and I've got my Captain America jacket on. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> no, I, I love that jacket. I, well, well, you know, you know, when I went, when we went and watched, uh, was it Endgame, Endgame or was it in, yeah. When we went and watched Endgame, Matt's like, Dylan, you got to bring the shield. But it wasn't like the nice shield that Matt has now. It was like this little plastic well, no, I gave to my shield. Nephew. Well, that, that was my travel yeah. shield. Um. <laughs> he's like, For away games. He's like, Dylan, you got to bring this and you you got to wear it around. And I'm going in this busy shopping center. We're eating dinner and stuff and I just got the shield. Just, just eating me food. I took that shield to the premiere as well. So uh, I got my in-game moment where I uh, had my Captain America outfit on, shield, bloody cameras taking on bananas, saying, oh, this this idiot's dressed like a moron. Let's get lots of photos of him. (laughs) And I was just loving it. So, uh, no, that definitely uh, hit me in the marbles. But an in-game I thought was just executed, like you said, perfectly, hit you in the feels Mm -hmm. perfectly. I walked away just thinking that that Marvel Cinematic Universe was just – just fantastic, like from start to finish. Um, and you know, it's it's now, it's interesting. Like, I mean, have you seen what shows have you seen on the Disney You're Plus? Just about to ask. True. Yeah, so I've I'm up to Loki now. So I watched the first episode of Loki today. Ooh. What do you think? I love Loki as a character, so I'm ex- really excited for the series. Um, mm-hmm. Good. And I think Owen Wilson. I th- Early signs are good. Yes. He's good. If, yep. Um, just don't good. look at him as Owen Wilson. Just look at him as the character he's portraying. Yes. Don't yeah. go, wow, or um, wow, wow, wow. But I actually think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you your uh, your viewing. I want you to watch the Lokis, and then you can go on to Bad Batch. Right. So you, um, you don't want me to watch the first Bad Batch tonight? Oh, no. no you can, if you've watched one Loki, you can watch one Bad Batch and then you must go to bed. No. Um, <laughs> and I'll be checking, Drew, because I was like, oh, Drew Drew went to bed at 12.19 according to his WhatsApp. And then um, that's the one thing about WhatsApp I hate. Like people can sort of like keep tabs on you. Like last online, like fuck off. Um, didn't didn't read your message. It didn't go blue, but you were online. So fuck off. Um <laughs> It's like you with work. <laughs> Last online, huh? Mm. When, uh, yeah. But um, what's the – so going back to your watch through of the MCU, what's been your favourite so far? What's my favourite Marvel? Mm. See, if I had to pick one to watch – By itself? By itself forever, I think it would be Black Panther. Really? Wow. Okay. Because I love how it exists on its own as a movie, but yeah, I think the Iron Man's are really good. I think that I think that's the most all-round pleasurable viewing experience. I'm not as uh, I'm, I'm not as um, forensically invested in Marvel, so the the story arc with um, Stark and the little kid who yep. he. Is, Number three. Is, is that three? Yep. I think that's my favourite story thread from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And really fun like, fact. I like their I, relationship. I actually only realised, I think Mia, my partner, told me the other day that we're watching through Endgame again. And you know the funeral scene at the end? I did not know. I was trying to think for the life of me, who the fuck is this kid standing there by himself? Disgrace, disgraceful effort from me, but 
That's that's the key to fit in, though. Hmm. Very interesting. Terrible for you, Dylan. Yes, I oh, know. Well, terrible like, for me. I think the first thing I typed when I got home was, "Who the fuck is that kid in Endgame?" And uh, yes, it was this little actor who's like, "You know how I know? Because we're connected." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So it, it, Loki's definitely a good watch. I think you'll you'll really enjoy it. But it's it's one of those things you'll you'll finish it and you'll just be like, "Wow!" And then. Once you finish Loki, are you going to end up watching or starting What If, the new series that got going? Definitely a good watch. Okay. So I like it's that, definitely. I like that my plan is plotted out. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Mate, we, we, you have to check in with us now. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I, I'm going to put KPIs. I want at least six episodes a day, a <laughs> minimum. Like, you've got time to kill. This, this, this is no better time. But although you are going to come out of where you are and uh, enter – regular lockdown so you're probably sort of saving some breadcrumbs for later um well i'll have footy finals to to get ready for oh that's right you're you're allowed to get out and about and they're skipping the the pre-finals by so we go straight into it off the back of round 22 so just just one more on the marvel tv series subsequently so the winter soldier Mm -hmm. um that scene where the new Captain America when his mate Sam. dies, mm. and, and like that, that sort of three or four minutes was that was great TV, like it was intense. Mm. But the the emotion of that scene got me. Like I rewatched it because I was like, "There's a lot happening here. There's a lot to take in." Yeah, and just all the cinematography with the the blood on on the shield, on the shield. Yeah. On the shield. Yeah, 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 it was like. Well, it's- I, I actually I put that alongside. Is it the last episode ever of Game of Thrones where the dragon unfurls its wings behind and um, destroys the throne? No, you know which you know how. Oh, uh, you talk about it with Daenerys. Walk, Daenerys. Daenerys walks up to talk to the her, you know the army, and behind her the the dragon flaps out the wings, like that sort of. I put those like two together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms well, that was of, sort of show, yeah, metaphorical um, transformation to uh, a pure evil. Um, yep. Mm, well, I mean, yep, I'm with you. pretty sad topic bringing up Game of Thrones given, you know, how amazing it started and then sort of fizzled out. But I still saw the good in that. I still enjoyed it. Like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it as much as, as the rest. But uh, – Hated the last season. It ruined. For, I can't watch it anymore because it's always in the back of my mind how it ended. So, but I mean, I I'm finding I'm finding these new Marvel TV shows. They're really they're doing a really good course correction. They're sort of laying the foundations for the the new rules, the new the new way we're going to move forward. Because we've sort of had this gap year from Marvel. There hasn't been a new movie. We've got five movies on the horizon. And they're really setting the the, the the rules, the new sort of um, the new world. Like you know, the, the Infinity Stones. That was that, that's the saga has been done, and um, they're sort of placing that. Like, you've watched all of Captain and Winter Soldier. Yep. So, you know they sort of put um, what's the name of the Joy Louis Dreyfus played Dill? What's what's her character? Uh, I don't. I'm terrible with actors and actresses. The Seinfeld chick. Um, she she was in. Um, oh yeah, so she's like recruiting Sam. Yeah, so she she's sort of like 
the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the new super, yeah. or she's going to play a role into this sort of villain. Let me just get her name. Who's she playing? Because um, she's sort of doing it with, um, like you've seen in the um, Black Widow movie, we've seen her in Winter Soldier. Where else, where else have we seen her? Well, she, she was in, she's Madame Hydra. That's right. Mm. And so she's very big in the comic books. And because uh, Black Widow was supposed to come out like two years ago, um, she has that cameo there. And then they had, they had to fast forward it from back the, the Winter Soldier and just to make it work out. And, yeah, I mean, when you see the end of Loki, you'll see sort of the new world and where, it, where it's heading and the new That's rules that apply much. and – and I think you'll be Don't ready for some Marvel much. goodness. <laughs> well, I need to get up to speed. I'll, I think I'll be done by the time I'm out of for quarantine, I would have thought. Well, mate, you got another week to go. And, uh, no, it's been really good to have you on. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to join us on our little pod. And uh, why don't you tell the good people where they can find you? Fox Sports News. Fox Sports News, Twitter Monica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, at Drew Jones Fox. Problem is, if you follow me on Twitter, then you're getting too much sort of whiny West Coast Arsenal stuff, and it's like <laughs> it's a bad time to be. Oh, you're an Arsenal fan. Yeah, well, I'm wearing an Arsenal game. We're Arsenal oh, fans. Oh, I didn't even see it. Yeah, I know you're an Arsenal fan. I've already thrown that out the window. That's that's fine. Uh, I'm no better. I'm a, I'm a United fan. So <sighs> good times for United right now. No, yeah, I've yeah. got. I got, well, I don't, I dislike City probably more. Just due to the oil money, so yeah, agree. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can live with Man United. I like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I'm I'm with you. Hmm. Uh, but no, thanks for having me, guys. It's been great. Um, it's been good. But yeah, it's. I was gonna say thanks for giving me something to do while I was in lockdown. No, no, well, I, I thought you might be crawling up the walls, and uh, now it's been a lot of fun, and, and and now we've given you a sort of bit of homework to deal with. So uh, I look forward to just uh, just catching up with you in a few days on the text and. Uh, you can give me a little uh, synopsis of where you've been and uh, we'll be in touch. And uh, may the force be with you. May the force be with all of us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Please leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear as it really helps the channel. You can find us on TMABY Podcast on Twitter or 3MABY Podcast on Instagram. We look forward to catching up with you again next week as we conclude the Bad Batch and look to bring some more guests over the next few weeks. Happy listening, guys.